Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Welcome friends to another r/nuclear revenge video. Today we've got an awesome revenge story of getting out of an absolutely toxic job. But first, make sure to hit those like and subscribe buttons down below so you never miss any of my daily videos. That said, our first story is standing up to my bully boss. My evil former boss stole my idea and gave it to her daughter so she could get ahead of me. Here's how I dealt with her. This happened years ago shortly after I got out of college. That year, I got invited for an internship interview at a magazine I loved. It was a great way to start my writing career and I was grateful and elated about the opportunity. I prepared very hard for the interview, read, and did a lot of research on the company and my would-be interviewers. I knew I had done my best, but was still a bit worried at the time. Many young people would also be at the interview, and these were people who would have graduated from prestigious and reputable universities. Luckily, all my hard work paid off. I did well at the first interview, was invited for another interview, and I was selected. Twelve of us were selected for the internship and divided to work in different departments. Some got fashion, some were in politics, and three of us were selected to work in the entertainment vertical. We worked with different columnists and did whatever was required of us, including the traditional serving coffee and buying lunch. And we had a boss who was the head of the entertainment department and the editor-in-chief. She was a nice middle-aged lady, and she spoke so much about fairness, justice, and doing the right thing, so I deeply respected her. Her daughter was one of the internees and people gossiped about her. They said she didn't deserve a spot in the internship program and that her mother had manipulated human resources into accepting her and all of that, but I didn't believe it. My boss didn't seem like the kind of person who would do that. She was big on working hard for whatever you want, and from what I saw at the time, she would never be involved in that sort of workplace nepotism. Well, I thought wrong. I started to have second thoughts when I worked closely with her daughter. First, she was not so bright and she looked and talked like she had some growing up to do. She was quite immature and would roll her eyes and pout like a teenager. I don't mean that she was a total dumbo, but I knew that there's people amongst those who came for the interview who deserve this spot more than her. It was clear that had her mother not been a senior staff, she would have never have been selected. It was obvious she did not do much work like the rest of us to secure the internship. She was lazy and uninterested in doing anything, and she complained a lot. Her lackadaisical attitude towards work only happened when her mother wasn't around though. Whenever she sees her mother around, she would pretend to be busy or would be walking around asking people if they had any job for her to do. It was funny. I honestly didn't have a problem with her or with the fact that the writers and other workers never asked her to get a coffee, buy their lunch, or hold stuff. I've always known that all fingers are not equal. Some people have to prove themselves more than others to achieve the same goal. And I didn't exactly like it, but it's simply the way things worked in life. My dad always said, it doesn't matter if you have to do the extra work, do it anyway. And I did. The other intern was just as hardworking. He was always trying to help and make things easier. But I noticed that he relaxed a bit on the hard work when he saw that our boss's daughter was not as bothered. From what I knew, his brother was a popular stylist, so he had a wide range of networking choices that I did not. I couldn't afford to just sit around too, so I didn't. I needed the internship to work. 
I wanted to get retained after my internship program had ended, and I didn't want anything getting in the way of that. A month to the end of the six months internship, the head of human resources invited all of the interns into his office and shared important information with us. He said we all had to come up with a big idea for an article. We would be supervised till the idea is published in the magazine. After all the articles have been published, one of us would be selected and given a full-time job at the magazine, and the other two would have been published and compensated for their works, which is also a good deal for the writer, who is just starting. He said the article does not determine whether or not we would be retained, as that was dependent on several things but having a good idea for an article was a plus. I left that office determined to come up with something big. Only one out of the three of us could be retained in each vertical, and I was determined to ensure I was selected. I already had a good relationship with virtually all the people in the department. I was respectful and helpful. All I had to do was get a great article together and I could be a full-time employee. I had thought up an idea and went into my boss's office to run it by her before officially presenting my pitch to the other editors. She asked me to briefly write it down, and I did. That's a fine idea, she said with a big smile on her face. She then asked if I had any other ideas, and I replied that I didn't. She advised me not to shut the door on my creativity and think of more ideas. I thanked her and left her office. I told my close friend what I'd planned, and she loved it too. She thought it was brilliant and would earn me a job at the magazine. I was glad. The next day, my boss said I couldn't use that idea. I was surprised because she'd been glad to hear it and was supportive. She didn't even provide a strong reason, she just muttered something about it being too controversial. She advised me to think of something else. I wanted to not take her advice, but I knew it could get me in trouble. She was going to be one of those who would decide if I could publish the article anyway so I didn't want to risk it, but I had issues with her reason. The magazine's known for publishing very controversial articles. It's contributed to the growing number of readers they have all over the world. I decided I was going to think of something different. My friend was disappointed because she believed the idea was superb, but I couldn't pitch it anymore, so I chose something else. I only had three days to come up with something since we were to present at the end of the week. And I did, but it wasn't well thought out. Not as much as the first one. I did my best to make a good presentation of my pitch to the editors, and it was accepted. I'd started to work on my article, as were the other internees, when one day, the third internee in entertainment came to me. He asked how my article was going, and we briefly talked about his. Then, to my utter shock, he mentioned that my boss's daughter was not at work at that moment, because she had gone out to interview a group of people. The idea I shared with my boss involved interviewing these same people, so I just figured she handed my idea to her daughter, and that's why she didn't want me to use it. I asked him if he knew what her article was about, and he told me, confirming my worry. My boss had betrayed my trust in her daughter. I was sad and felt depressed. She could have found a way to get some sort of employment for her daughter instead of just stealing my idea. I told my dad about it when I got home that day, and he advised me to go to HR. It was the right thing to do, but I wasn't sure it would be handled properly, plus it was my word against hers. She had this air of moral superiority about her, and people might just not believe me or they will believe me and still not care. I was not about to start my career as a journalist like this. 
These top journalists speak to one another, and I didn't want to have to deal with so much hate that early in my career. I decided I was simply going to have to get my revenge. I was eventually going to take the matter to human resources, but I would get my revenge first. That way, if they did nothing, I'd at least know I dealt with her. My boss was away on a work trip for five days, but when she returned to work, I confronted her calmly about what she had done. I remember the first question she asked was, How old are you? I didn't know why that was important, but I answered her. 23, I replied. Do you have any plans to be a parent one day, she said. I nodded affirmatively. She says, Then you'll understand why I did what I did. Maybe not now, but when you have a child of your own, you'll get it. As parents, we're willing to do even the craziest things for our children. I have never hated anyone as much as I hated her at that moment. The fact that she was justifying stealing from another person's child for hers was just revolting. I was beyond angry. I, however, did not show it. I walked out of her office calmly. What pissed me off was how she acted like nothing had happened. Afterwards, she spoke to me like she used to with a very friendly tone. I didn't know exactly how to get back at her until my friend from college asked to hang out. She worked in another magazine at the time and had a column in it. I told her all about what happened at work, and she was mad about it. She knew my boss and had before the incident respected her, but was disappointed at what she did. What are you going to do about it, she asked me. I sighed. I didn't know what to do, and I told her that. I was just going to resign to fate. They say, no way, you have to do something. Let me know how I can help you when you make up your mind. On my way back home, I thought of what I could do. I was going to get my friend to publish my original idea in her column and pass it off as hers, and she would do that before my evil boss's daughter published hers. That way, it would look like she copied the idea and it would never get published. That night, I texted my friend and asked if she could publish my idea in her magazine. She said yes, and that was how we kicked off our revenge mission. My friend and I met to discuss this again, and she thought it was a creative way to get back at my boss. But she also worried that I won't be getting credit for an idea I came up with. I was not bothered about that though, and I made that clear to her. I simply wanted to get back at my boss and her brat kid. To make it even worse, I tried as much as I could to peep into my boss's daughter's work and see what changes were made to my original idea so I could tell my friend about it. No changes were made, but I sent the exact article title to my friend. My article was published first because I finished quite early and it was edited just after. Three days before my boss's daughter's article was supposed to go live, my friend published hers. Nobody knew about it at the office until the next day when one of the editors found out and was alarmed. The whole department was thrown into a frenzy, but one thing was certain. She could no longer publish hers, and it was too late to publish a new article because it would take time, and the evaluation was supposed to happen at the end of the next week. It seemed very suspicious to everyone that my friend's magazine copied the exact headline and covered the same story. My boss and the other editors decided to look into it. I was called into the boardroom and questioned. My boss's daughter was present in the room. Her eyes welled up in tears. Of course, I told them I knew nothing about it. I said I didn't even know what my boss's daughter was working on. She was asked if she had ever told me about her article. She said she hadn't, and I was released. 
I kind of felt bad for the girl. She probably didn't know her mother stole the idea from me, or she knew. I didn't care, as long as she looked stupid and comes off as a chatty person who can't keep what she was working on a secret until it was published. I'm good. Before the end of the day, my boss called me privately into her office and asked if I did it. I laughed hysterically and excused myself. At that point, I wasn't even interested in working at that company anymore. I had gotten the experience I needed anyway. I decided I was going to let HR know before leaving. Now that the exact article had been published elsewhere, they will probably believe I came up with the idea. I told them all that happened and added that I was not interested in being retained. One of them tried to convince me to stay, but I decided against it. I didn't want a situation where I'd start on an uneasy note with my coworkers, so I politely declined. I left the company that day and never returned. I heard one of the editors took my former boss's place. She was demoted based on my report and the fact that she's had other issues in the past, but she couldn't handle the shame, so she turned in her resignation and left to work as a chief editor for another magazine. Of course, the bratty young lady was not retained either. I was super proud of myself for standing up to my bully boss and not just letting her steal my idea and get away with it. Honestly, I think what OP did here was a big sacrifice. Imagine having such a great idea that you think is a home run idea. Somebody steals it from you and in an ultimate sacrifice so that that person can't get away with it, you give it up to another person for free without any credit just so that thief cannot steal your thunder. If you were in OP shoes, would you be happy with the overall outcome or would the whole situation always bother you in at least some small way? Let me know what you guys think down in the comments. And our final story of the day is my formerly smart best friend. We all know a smart person that shows off, is a witch, and treats other people like they're completely stupid. Sometimes they're a distant acquaintance, the popular girl at school, or even your own parent. In my case, they were one of my best friends. It wasn't always like that. We were basically born to be best friends. Our mothers had us exactly a month apart, but they didn't really meet each other until a few months later, when we were falling sick like all the time and had to be at the hospital a lot. Our parents met each other at the ER and decided that it would be a good idea for their two sickly children to be friends, and it worked. We were tight as thieves from the first time we met, and for most of our lives, we did everything together. Things started to change when I turned 14 and was diagnosed with dyslexia. Between us, my best friend, we'll call her Sarah, which is an obviously fake name, had always been the smart one. My parents tried not to compare us to each other, but when you're an Indian kid with strict parents and your best friend is a white kid that's so much smarter than you, it tends to make things a little weird between you and your parents. I still believe that, despite how much they disliked that Sarah's parents were so lenient with her, they let us be friends because she was smarter, and by association, Maybe one day I would be smart too. Sarah was sweet to me, and she was the best friend any girl could ask for. She was pretty much also perfect, with perfect hair and blue eyes and perfect grades. Her parents were even perfect, being the stereotypical high school sweethearts that got married after also attending the same community college. Not that I had any problems with how I looked or the fact that my parents' marriage was arranged, but between Sarah and I, she was automatically everyone's first choice. We didn't really have to start problems until I was diagnosed with dyslexia. My parents had just dramatically announced it to me after assuring me that they still loved me no matter what. 
Because I was so distressed and upset about the diagnosis, they decided to give me one chance to do whatever I wanted. It was a Friday night, so I asked for permission to go to a party, and they begrudgingly agreed. If you have immigrant parents and are a 14-year-old middle schooler, I'm sure you understand how much of a big deal this was to me. I went with my best friend, and we were having a good time until it was time to play the dreaded spin the bottle game. Even then, I knew that the game was trouble and nothing good would come out of it, but my best friend convinced me that it would be harmless. The game went okay, until the bottle landed on her and she chose to tell the truth. I can't recall the question, but her answer was basically blurting to about half of my middle school classmates that I was dyslexic. Note that I'd only just let her know about it barely an hour earlier while her mother drove us to that party. There were a lot of other things that she could have said, but the fact that she chose that particular secret to spill made me really sad. I stomped out of the room where the game was being played and sat with the host's family until Sarah's parents came to pick us up later that night. We didn't speak on the whole ride home, and for the rest of the weekend, I thought that my best friend would realize that she offended me and apologized by Monday, but she just pretended that everything was okay and went straight into talking to me the moment we entered the school halls. When I did try to let her know that I was offended by the stunt she pulled on Friday night, she brushed me off and called me dramatic. At that point, my 14-year-old self knew that things would never be the same again. Word traveled fast, and as much as I got teased and harassed by people, I also found other people who suffered from dyslexia, and we formed a club. Sort of. As I got closer to these people, my friendship with Sarah started to hit rock bottom. After getting my diagnosis, the school I attended realized they had quite a number of dyslexic learners, and decided to employ different teaching tactics for us. Once it was established, I found out that I was actually very smart and could do very well in my studies if just given the chance. Sarah did not appreciate that, and somehow our already suffering friendship went from us walking quietly home every day after school to having to be forced by our parents to spend time together. She continued to try really hard to be better than me, and if I ever asked questions in class, she made sure to ridicule and make fun of me. God forbid that I asked her for help, because I would only leave even more frustrated than I started. It didn't help that she was already at the top of most of our classes, and she was automatically recommended to me by teachers whenever I needed help in school. Eventually, we figured that there was no way that we could continue being friends, but we had to pretend for the sake of our parents. I got a boyfriend in high school, and I used the excuse of going over to hers to go see him all the time. She did the same, but with parties. I'm still even surprised that she didn't rat on me. We drifted even further from each other until high school was over. Our universities were in different states, and we had one last sleepover before we both moved and went non-contact with each other. Uni was a little more accepting and honestly a little fun. I was able to manage my dyslexia enough to go through it as smoothly as I could manage until I graduated and got a job out in the city. I got my own apartment, started earning adult money, and could do whatever I wanted. I also had a boyfriend who loved me and my relationship with my parents was as good as it could get when they weren't screaming at me to come home. My life was far from perfect, but at least it was progressing positively. On a random day, I got a call from a strange number, and when I answered it, it was my former best friend Sarah. I was super shocked because we hadn't spoken to each other in about 5 years. 
but I answer the call anyway. It started as an innocent little call to catch up on each other and talk about everything that had happened in the past couple of years. It was nice to just catch up, but then it seemed like luck hadn't been on our side. She went on a long rant about how she was in between jobs, about to be homeless, and in need of a fresh start. Of course, I felt bad for her, and I knew there were a few openings at my job. She didn't live in the city like I, but she lived only a few hours away, so I convinced her to come over, and even promised to let her stay at my place. It was nice when she first came. She looked great and seemed very carefree and even almost a different person than who she used to be towards the end of our friendship. I let her have the spare room in my apartment and she was only supposed to stay for a month, which I'd prepared myself for. When Sarah and I talked some more, I found out that she had dropped out of college just before her final year. It shouldn't have been a problem if she had told me earlier, but she didn't and there was only so much of a good word I could put in for her at work. She did get the job, but it was a lower paying one, which she outrightly blamed me for, just before stating that she would need to stay at mine for three months longer than we originally planned because her salary wouldn't be enough to get her a place in the neighborhood that she really wanted to live in. I was eager to rekindle our childhood friendship, so a part of me thought that it would be the best idea to let her do what she liked for the most part. It started with me always having to clean up after her, and then graduated to me being her mom and having to wake her up and make her shower, have breakfast, and dress up in time so we would get to work early. I introduced Sarah to all my friends, my work friends, friends from college I still spoke to, and even my boyfriend, and they all loved her instantly. Who wouldn't? I was just glad that they got along and happy that she wouldn't feel so lonely. With time, it started to feel like I was being left out of things within my own friend group, but I gaslit myself to believe otherwise. During lunch at the office one day, Sarah was huddled over with my work friends, and they were all glued to their phones. I went over and inquired about what was so interesting to them, and I was introduced to Wordle. If you don't know what that is, it's something like a digital crossword puzzle where you get a few tries to guess a word. Now, because of my dyslexia, I tend to stay away from crossword puzzles and things of the sort, but I wanted to give this Wordle a try because, according to them, it was really fun. When I expressed my eagerness to play and asked someone to explain further, Sarah made a joke about me being too dyslexic to really understand anything. It hit me like a ton of blocks because not only was this the second time she was doing this, but none of my work friends knew about me being dyslexic. It wasn't like I was embarrassed about it, but my theory was that if I could manage it just fine, why did the rest of the world need to know? Thankfully, my work crowd was a little more mature than middle schoolers and they instantly understood that my condition was not a joke. It didn't stop it from still being extremely humiliating. I thought that confronting Sarah this time would be different since we were a little more grown up, but it was the same darn thing. She insisted it was just a little game and there was no need to get all worked up over it. I demanded an apology from her and she burst into tears, adding a little sob story that I didn't care enough to listen to because of how angry I was. She was right about Wordle just being a game, but telling me that the only reason I couldn't play was because of a condition that I had was just downright mean. I realized then that whatever friendship I was trying to salvage with her was gone. She was still as childish as her high school self and there was no helping that. 
the Wordle incident was just the cherry on top of the pie of all the other annoying things that she did to irritate me. So I sat her down one fine day and let her know that she needed to move out. Sarah did try to guilt trip me by using the history we shared, but I'd been desensitized to her tactics already. When she found out that there was no way to talk me down, she tried to demean me some more, but I threatened to call the police on her. She didn't move out of my apartment until a week later when I was at work. She took a sick day off that day and moved her belongings out, but not before smashing eggs all over my white walls and writing some very mean things with a red marker. It was a pain to get the stains out, but I'm just glad she's gone. Sarah eats lunch alone at work now because everyone knows who she really is, and it feels like karma really did her thing on my behalf. Even though I did have plans of getting my own revenge on her, being in the same place as her while she learns about what it means to have no friends is revenge enough. About the Wordle game, it was hard getting adjusted to it because dyslexia makes simple things like that difficult, but I think I'm beginning to get the hang of it. I'm not gonna lie, I was super into the Wordle thing for a minute there, so to see it pop up in one of these stories is kinda neat. I think there was like a good chunk of people that, regardless of what topic the original circle of people that gathered was about, there was a stretch there where everybody shared their like Wordle records for like maybe a couple weeks before finally giving up. Like I saw in like a sports chat somewhere that there was like a stretch for a while that there was just like a bunch of Wordle things going on and people talking about, oh that's a crazy word, I've never heard that before. It would make me no happier than to hear about OP huddling in a circle with all of their friends while Sarah's sitting at the sad solo table and OP and all their work friends going and talking about the new Wordle. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now if you want to hear another story of revenge that was way crazier than the stories in this video, click on that left video. Or if you missed my latest video, check out the one on the right. That said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories.